0: Pix-Mix with Aaron and Patricia is brought to you by The Aaron Meta Show over at youtube.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show and also on the podcast feed brought to you by Liberated Syndication.
1: Pix-Mix Mix with Aaron and Patricia is brought to you by oldschoollane.blogspot.com in association with The Aaron Meta Show.
0: Welcome to Pix-Mix with Aaron. And Patricia. Hey, hey, Patricia, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay, thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, it's very good. And so this is our brand new show, uh, which we're going to uh, do for the next, uh, well, 194 days that we got left until The Incredibles 2 comes out, so... Uh, I'll just bring the uh, I'll bring the audio down and uh, just bring you and me. So, okay, so how this is going to work is that uh, me and Patricia are going to be reviewing Pixar films, and uh, we've uh, we're both huge fans of Pixar, and uh, I uh, date back all the way back to 1994 when Toy Story first came out, and uh, I've been following Pixar ever since. And uh, Patricia, what's your uh, love affair with uh, Pixar been like?
1: Uh, Yeah, I have to definitely say the same thing, that when I was first introduced to Toy Story uh, back in 95, uh, immediately fell in love with it, uh, became a huge sensation, and I've been following Pixar's work ever since.
0: Yeah. So, uh, how this uh, is going to work is that uh, many, many people are going to be asking, uh, oh, are we just going to be uh, starting from Toy Story and uh, then working our way up? And uh, nah, I thought we'd make it a bit more unpredictable than that. So, what me and Patricia are going to do is, is that we're going to pick a Pixar movie at random and uh, then we're going to talk about it. So, uh, uh, we've uh, picked one from random uh, uh, today. And uh, Patricia, uh, what do you think it's going to be this week?
1: Hmm, uh, let's see. Uh, w- well, uh, considering that the both of us... We went to see Coco uh, shortly after we saw the Jungle movie together. I think that maybe that's what we're going to be talking about.
0: Gee, I wonder if that is what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Remember me, so I have to Well, Patricia, how do we guess?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think it's magic.
0: What a coincidence. And so, yeah, this is, uh, would you believe that we're actually going to start with actually the latest Pixar film, uh, which is Coco. And uh, I have to say, uh, right off the get-go, uh, me and Patricia actually saw all this together uh, while we are in, uh, we in Deerfield Breach, Florida. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was actually very touching, actually, to uh, spend time with my uh, wonderful co-host to, uh, to watch this uh, really, I have to say, brilliant film. I have to say. And uh, by the way, uh, just to uh, warn everybody, we are going to talk about spoilers in this film. So uh, uh, for all you guys in the UK, if you do not want to be spoiled on Coco, then uh, I would say click away now and then come meet us back in January when it finally comes out. And uh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. um, I I remember that... um, I remember when I first heard about Coco and I was really curious about this because... Uh, at first I was thinking, oh, um, they're doing another Book of Life, because this was, I remember this announcement was like shortly around the same time, or maybe shortly after um, that the Book of Life movie came out, which was about the Dia de de los Muertos. And um, I was wondering, oh, that'll be interesting. I want to see how Pixar does it. And then I've been hearing bits and pieces about it. And then as, as time went on, the advertisement was going like crazy. But it's funny that the advertising for Coco was going crazy, like before the, you know, during the time before the movie was coming out, but then that was when there was the announcement that the frozen short was going to be paired up with it. And then everybody started talking about the frozen shorts.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, would you believe that, uh, you know, also by the way, but by the time of airing, uh, we've actually just also got the announcement that, uh, the, uh, the frozen short that actually was going to come in the front of it. And, uh, I think maybe before we make that announcement, actually, I think we should talk a little bit about it. And, uh, You know, a couple of months ago on the Arrow show, uh, I said, uh, like, when the trailer for the Frozen shot first came out uh, for Olaf's Frozen Adventure, I just said I thought it was totally and utterly unnecessary. And uh, after watching uh, 25, 30 minutes of uh, just Frozen frolic, I can definitely say I was uh, totally right on that. I think, you know, barely anything happened, really, really, in this... uh, 30, in this 30 minute clip that we got from uh, you know, uh, Anna and Elsa basically trying to figure out what their uh, uh, family tradition was going to be for Christmas and that they didn't have one and uh, apparently that was the uh, massive dilemma in their lives at that particular point and uh, so you know, and if anything I think it's just uh, for me, that shot basically just pushed the movie like, you know, to like a two hour and you know um, cause what is, we started off at like uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon I think we finished at like uh, quarter past 5 in the in the evening yeah, was... we did
1: actually. So we the movie started at three, and not counting like all the commercials of all the other movies that were coming out, we left the theater like around like almost five thirty.
0: That's crazy. And like just think about this for a second, because uh, the the running time of um the of Coco is one hundred and nine minutes, and so you had another thirty minutes onto that. So basically, it ended up being kind of like a hundred and thirty nine minute marathon for like. Uh, and uh, you know that's uh, that's pretty long for a kids kids film, isn't it? You know, if we had to, uh, if we had to be honest, if, you know, because uh, there was a lot of children that were kind of like, uh, you know, you know, were running around at at one point because you know they were just they would be trapped in the theater for that for, for, for such a long period of time. And so, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And um, there was a few kids um, alongside with us, and uh, I think I even heard one of them saying like, "Is this going on?" is this still going? And <laughs> it's like, where's Coco? And, and and that's so shocking to me, because if you were to tell me this like two, three years ago when Frozen was at its hype, they would be excited about the Frozen short. But now we're seeing a reversal in which people were just so just sick of it. It's like, oh, I don't want to see this Frozen short. I want to see Coco. It's, it's so be- I just find that to be so crazy.
0: It's because nothing uh, happened. Uh, Virtually, it's like it was just a, it was a rehash of everything that we were uh, that basically happened probably in the first film and all the characters that were there. And uh, yeah, okay, we got to see a bit more of Arendelle, and uh, but you know, it's like um, you know, I always thought that Arendelle was supposed to be kind of like this nation, and like you know, Olaf kind of made it look so small and made it so uninteresting. And uh, you know, it's like so for me, it was just uh, yeah, it was just it was just a whole load of nothing really for me. And, uh, you know, if was like, some kind of like, I don't know, some like, political disagreement going on in like the, uh, the Kingdom of Arendelle or something like that, you know, maybe I might have been a bit intrigued because I'm kind of a bit of a politics buff. But besides that, you know, it just felt like, uh, you know, why are we here? You know, and you know, uh, why? why? Again, it's like it goes back to uh, saying about, uh, you know, oh, sorry, got a bit of an echo there. but uh, it, it goes back to basically say, you know, um, well, you make make one up. You know, basically, of, uh, you know, trying, trying to find, like, a, you know, a Christmas tradition for Anna and Elsa and the the family. You know, just just make one up. If, I, if they even said that there was a Christmas tradition, it's like them ringing the bell uh, at, the, at the beginning of it all. So, in a way, they kind of had one. And uh, Yeah, yeah they, they, I mean,
1: sure, it was a vague one, but they had something that they did every year that is a
0: tradition. yeah. So in... and you
1: know what? And I also saw something on Twitter. I forget who this was, so I apologize for kind of stealing your uh, paraphrased quote. But um, this short was like twenty, twenty-five minutes. There was a song like every two to three minutes.
0: Jeez, I didn't, I didn't even count that. I mean, I always knew that Disney was somewhat musical, so I guess I have kind of become immune to, I guess to. Uh... To, to that format from Disney material, but uh, yeah, that's that's crazy, thinking about it. They've managed to shove in that much music into into all of that. It's so, like, you know, it's just... it's uh, uh... And also, I can't, I can't even remember any of the songs.
1: Yeah, I don't remember any of them either. That's, that's so crazy, because the original Frozen movie, I remember when that came out, and all the kids were singing Do You Want to Build a Snowman? and Let It Go, oh, First Time in Forever. Yeah. But these songs, I can't remember a single one.
0: It's like you know. I remember the you remember the you know the remember the Care Bears movie, uh, like the first one that came out. I still remember like the Care a lot theme song before I remember <laughs> the, the, anything that happened in this film. Uh, that's that's bad, man. That really yeah, is bad, and, and that does
1: not uh, that does not sound good considering that this is supposed to be like a little teaser for Frozen two.
0: Oh, that is uh, that. You know, oh, that's horrible. If that's the case. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is, this is supposed to build up the hype for Frozen 2. And um, I recall, uh, for some people, it's like when they were going around the, the Disney store. Like, personally, for me, I was in Disney World a few months ago. And, you know, they were selling the uh, the toys from the Frozen short with Anna and Elsa with their new dresses and and uh, Olaf and, um, and such. So, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of uh, toys for Coco. I mean, I have seen, like, a few Funko figurines, but... Yeah, nothing as much as like Frozen. I mean, I, when Frozen was at its height, Frozen would have its own section at the Disney store.
0: Mm. Maybe it's for the best, thinking about it. You know, thinking how oversaturated now Frozen is. Maybe it's for the best. That's okay. Oh, trust me. It.
1: Absolutely. It is for the best. I think that um, the hype that Frozen had gained over the years and now people are sick of it and guess what we're still not finished with the hype of frozen i mean there's rumors about a frozen broadway musical there's going to be a frozen stage on kingdom hearts 3 so yeah frozen's not going to go away anytime soon
0: yeah i think eventually it will start to die i think we're i think this is the um i think we're starting to kind of see like the the kind of I would like the you know the uh, decaying i think of the uh of the frozen phenomenon, but I think we're. I think this is a pretty good sign because uh, let's just drop the news on uh, everyone here. Uh, for, as of as of now, it's been announced that on December eighth, that uh, Coco will be uh, uh, premiere. Will basically be sh- screening on its own. It will not have the frozen shorts.
1: Well, that's what it sh- I think. That's what it should have been in the first place. Because exactly. uh, again, I think I heard something about that frozen. This Frozen short was supposed to air on TV on ABC or the Disney Channel or something, but they decided to move it over to the screening of Coco for some reason. And it's kind of funny because you know this is this is a Disney movie. This is not affiliated with Pixar. Which yeah. is incredibly strange to me.
0: I just, feel, I really do miss the fact that we didn't get a Pixar short at the beginning of the uh, of the film, and instead we got this. And you know, it's like it didn't it actually did feel like that it should have been a t. It should have been a TV special, like you know, it should have been something that we saw on like Christmas Eve. And, yeah,
1: like, I-, I guess that's what their original plans were.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just, it was uh, it was a, for me, it was a complete waste of time. I think it, I wouldn't be too surprised if it, I tried to actually, uh, well, for those of you who do not know, we, we were sat like really at the front of the theater and uh, like in the, in the recliners. And so, uh, yeah, did,
1: I, no, I, here's the thing. You see the theater that we were at, you have to actually purchase your seats in advance, Or if you are lucky, if there's any seats available, then you can be able to uh, buy your tickets because these are uh, reclining seats. So yeah, all the tickets were completely sold out and the last two we had to sit like all the way towards the front.
0: All the way towards the front. But, you know, I, that wasn't too bad for me because all I had to do basically was recline back and then you could see the screen. But I couldn't turn my head around to basically kind of get, get, take a look at what all the audience were thinking. Because some of the things I like to do is uh, I do like to sit quite 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 way to the back. And uh, so I can kind of like uh, garner the, the audience uh, reception as well, along with uh, basically what's happening on the screen. And uh, so, you know, I saw everyone, like, uh, burst into tears in e- when watching Inside Out uh, twice, by the way, because I went to go see it twice. And also, uh, same for uh, Finding Dory as well. So, uh, But in this, I couldn't, like, you know, garner, like, a uh, an audience response. Basically, the only thing that had my entire attention was the screen. So well, one thing I really wanted to do is I wanted to see how many people kind of, like, you know, dived out of the theater when the Frozen short was on. And then see who came back when uh, it was over and see when they came back. And who was poking, like, the head through the door to basically see if it was finished or not. So I couldn't get that response, unfortunately. I I would have been interested to see what that was. But, uh, you know, anyway, we've gone 30 minutes talking about this. So, you know, end of the day, Frozen Shore, for me, complete waste of time. Uh, Pretty glad that it's going to be going soon. And uh, I won't miss it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, me neither. (laughs) No.
0: So let's get on with the main event, and that is Coco. And so uh, what I've got is I've got the synopsis in front of me, so I thought we'd start from the beginning and uh, then we'll make our way through it. So uh, the plot is that uh, the Rivera family uh, history is uh, told, uh, explaining the uh Uh, matriarcha uh, Imelda who was the wife of a musician who left her and uh, her child Coco uh, to pursue a career in music Uh, she turned it to shoemaking uh, which became the family business and began a tradition of which to this day uh, bans music in the Riveras and so uh, and this goes to all the way up to her great grandson which is 12 year old Miguel who is the uh, main character of our show Uh, so uh, Miguel I mean how do you feel about our main character in this?
1: I actually liked him. I I find him uh, very charming. I like the fact that he had this really strong passion for music and wanting to learn everything about um, De La Cruz. Uh, Very, um, you know, he was basically like playing his guitar in secret and he watches his movies and constantly quotes him. Uh, I find it really, really fascinating. Um, Yeah, I, I really like this character.
0: Yeah. So then we get to uh, learn a bit more about uh, what basically drives his passion, which is uh, obviously our uh, next character, which is uh, Ernesto de la Cruz, who is a popular singer and film star who uh, tragically died after uh, being struck by a giant bell after a stage worker dropped it on him. So uh, that's um, so Miguel keeps a secret hideout uh, of memorabilia for Adela Cruz, and uh, every day he is discouraged by his family to becoming a musician. So, I mean, how did you think the conflict works? Works between Miguel and the family. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, at the same. I mean, it was pretty typical in a way, but at the same time, it did feel somewhat kind of fresh, which was kind of strange, really, when you think about it.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of cases in which music is banned for a tragic reason. We, we we've seen it in Footloose, in which. Um, You know, there was this, um, you know, group who died in a bus accident and music is forbidden. And then some guy comes along and brings music back into this town. Yeah, so it has been done before. Uh, But yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. And it's actually really valid too, because um, this family was ruined Essentially, by the greatest musician who ever lived in Mexico, and they have that stigma in their family line, and so they try to get rid of it as, um, like, right away with the sh- with the sh- um, blah, the shoe business. And as time was uh, goes on with each tradition, they slowly start to forget about it. Even so much so in which, eventually, when Miguel learns that Ernesto de la Cruz is his great uh, great grandfather, then he starts becoming really excited. And even so much that the only person who knows about that is his grandmother and his great, great grandmother, Coco, but nobody else in his family even knew that 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 was the case. And so they want to focus on their um, business, which is uh, making shoes and they want to leave music behind because it caused so much pain for their families in the past, which makes a lot of sense. And also, but at the same time, um, Miguel has this passion for music. He has a natural talent and he wants to be able to um, participate in this talent show that's happening on the Dia de los Muertos. And his family forbids him from doing it. So that's when we have this really interesting conflict going on.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, Miguel keeps a secret hideout uh, of his memorabilia. Actually, I think I've already just uh, gone over that. So uh, uh, when Miguel tries to enter the talent show, uh, uh, which is on the day for the Day of the Dead, uh, Ambulator uh, destroys the guitar when he tries to convince her uh, that see. He, he tries to see him play. Uh, Miguel uh, then discovers uh, something hidden in the photo of of Imelda, uh, taken with her husband and the infant Coco at the center of the uh, family uh, of Frenda. Her husband, whose face is ripped out, is holding the guitar, famously used by Ernesto. I liked this because uh, this, you know, did throw me uh, in in this movie because I, I, you know didn't you feel like this entire time you know we thought that uh, you know Ernesto Della Cruz was uh, like the great the great grandfather of Miguel and uh, you know so he kind of like it gr- grabbed you in and wanted to kind of make you feel like you know you wanted to uh, uh, you know see him and uh, you know see the meat yeah. and, uh, and and everything like that so uh, when basically we got to that point so yeah, um, absolutely.
1: I, I did not see that coming. Um so basically um Ernesto grabs the guitar that was in Ernesto de la Cruz's um tomb um like his grave uh, his burying area. Mausoleum. So, huh? Mausoleum. Mausoleum, thank yeah. you. So he um he plays the guitar and he ends up in the you know, the world of the dead and he sees all of the ancestors of all the people They go approach them, and then there's this huge bridge that's made of flower buds, and he just walks by it. And he sees his um, ancestors there, and they're shocked that he's there. And so his main goal is that he wants to find Ernesto because... Um, when he tells his ancestors that he has his passion for music, and then when he learns that if he doesn't return to the world of the living by uh, sunrise, and he's going to be stuck in the world of the dead forever. The one thing I'll say about that
0: incredible. is that, I mean, it was a bit, I mean, he, surely Miguel must not be the only grave robber in the whole of, of, the whole of Mexico, you know, who uh, stole something from somebody's grave and then end, accidentally ends up in the land of the dead. You know, so, uh, I don't know, that just feels, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it just it, felt kind of weird when uh, watching that, it's like, oh, good, good grief, how many other people might have, like, you know, like, stole something from, like, uh, you know, from a, from a dead guy, and then ended up <laughs> ended up in this situation, and uh, at least in this way this world is working, so that was... Uh... Yeah,
1: but I guess if, I guess in Miguel's case, he wasn't going to pawn it to somebody to make money, and he wasn't going to try it out. no. Nah and it just and it just so happened to be at the day where all the dead people came if it was like a regular day then i'm sure it probably wouldn't have happened
0: yeah it's uh i would like to have uh, i mean I, I know we could they weren't gonna get like a massive amount of explanation for that but uh, you know it was it was fun you know to kind of like see it all go down so um so he plays the guitar he's he steals from the uh, mausoleum and he obviously ends up in the land of the dead and uh then uh, obviously he sees his ancestors, and uh, we get, and we get to the point where they have to basically send him back, or else he's going to end up being stuck there forever. So, Emelda uh, uh, g- uh, gives him the blessing to uh, uh, go back, but uh, says that he has to abandon me- all his music, all ambitions. That lasts about five seconds, and then he ends up right back in the, back of the land of the dead again, which I thought was hilarious. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You-
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. He So uh, when he quote-unquote, accepts Imelda's blessing, he immediately decides to grab the guitar and he's going to try to rush over towards the talent show, but then he ends up back in the world of the dead immediately and they're just looking at him and like, what are you doing? You're breaking your promise. You're not supposed to play music anymore. You're supposed to do your job of being um, the inheritor of the of the shoe business. So... Uh, he decides that hey, um, you know Ernesto de la Cruz is my great great grandfather. I'm gonna get the blessing from him, and so then he runs away. And he runs away, and he tries to look for him. And along the way, he meets up with uh, a guy named Hector, who uh, earlier in the movie was trying to get to the bridge that divides from the world of the dead to the world of the living. But he can't go there because um, you know he, the, um, the computer doesn't uh, find his picture. And so he has to stay in the world of the dead. And so he, he decides that, Hey, they are going to make a deal. So uh, he apparently knew Ernesto de la Cruz. They used to play music together. So he says that he's going to help him get to Ernesto de la Cruz in exchange for um, him, uh, Miguel uh, giving him the picture and saying, if you uh, put my picture up and that way I won't be forgotten, I can actually go over to the world of the dead. And, um, yeah, and then they have an agreement, and then that's when they have their little adventure.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I like this uh, this this bud- this, this budding up, you know, because it's like it's kind of like uh, you know, uh, two people who are kind of like you know playing each other in a way, and uh, so like you know, one's you know obviously uh, lying about one thing, one's lying about another, and so it's uh, I don't know, would I compare it to Hook Finn? I mean, I don't know if that's uh, you know, if, I, I guess
1: uh... I could say that sure.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, something like that, uh, mind you. I'm sorry to go back to the shoes again, but uh, I know it's a really you know childish thought. But uh, you remember in uh, the episode South Park when uh, they have cheap J- J- Pokemon and uh, one of the yeah. J- Pokemon is a shoe. <laughs> it's like you know, uh, <laughs> it's a family making po- making J- Pokemon characters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <True. laughs> uh, my brain is stupid. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're t- <laughs> yeah, I'm twelve. So, uh, so we get to. Um, uh, I'm sorry. So, Imelda and the dead Riviera are trying to determine to try and find Miguel, and so they can send him back. So they send off their um, their spirit guide to uh, go off and uh, and find him. And I tell you, he's a pretty ferocious looking thing, I have to say. And uh, imagine didn't all the spirit guys like they're all like flying around and like walking around and stuff. And they're all they're all pretty beautiful. And uh, oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I remember when I first saw the scene where uh, Miguel was. Um, looking at all the buildings towards the world of the dead and it's so beautiful, so colorful, so detailed. It it was a sight to behold and I'm sure if you saw it on like the big screen, um, I'm sure especially in three D, I'm sure it would look really nice on three D.
0: The one thing that annoyed me about it though is that you know, before they like showed Coco, like they did like a kind of behind the scenes thing and they kind of showed you like all the amounts of layers and like it was really impressive to see. But when you kinda of, like deconstruct it like that before you've actually seen it, it did kinda of, like take away a bit of like, you know, the uh the um uh you know the like the, the grandness of how how big it actually is So like you know if uh if i if i hadn't seen like you know the uh, the behind the scenes stuff that they showed before the movie came in i probably would have been a bit more blown away by it but uh oh yeah, yeah. definitely
1: i i do agree yeah but then so- um, i'm sure for some people they might say that oh i saw this in the trailer so i knew that this was coming so yeah it's kind of hard to stay away from spoilers especially even if you're going to see a movie
0: <laughs> yep um, so, uh, Miguel uh, it managed to meet uh, Freda Kahlo, uh, who uh, she tells him that they can get to meet Ernesto if they win a talent show uh, to be in his opening act. Uh, so, uh, here's the thing about the talent show. i got to be honest with you, it felt really rushed to kind of like put this in because if you think about it uh, um, Ernesto is having his party on the same night that they're having the talent competition so basically to see who gets to perform at his, at his, at his party that's currently I assume is ongoing which is like you know it's, uh, I would have accepted it if it was like you know maybe like maybe a day or maybe two days before but it's like imagine this. I mean, sorry to keep to keep bringing this, but keep bringing up you know uh, this. But this is my only frame of reference at the moment. You, you know, hey, on the jungle movie, okay? Uh, do you remember when they announced the um, the 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 competition to like you know for the helpers for humanity? And yeah. uh, they, you know, uh, Mr. Simmons said there was a week to do the competition, which was somewhat yeah, you know, which was believable because you know you can you have to do the week. Imagine if Mr. Simmons said, okay, then there's going to be this competition, but uh, it's due in a few hours, and uh, you got to put it all together, and uh, the place leaves in the morning yeah, like, you know, <laughs> oh, wow that, that, that's the way this felt to me I felt like the talent competition was a bit kind of rushed. I mean, I would have liked it to, uh, let's say, for example, you know, because uh, my idea of, like, Anesta, like, during, like, the show, I thought he was, ba- I thought his backstory, you know, how I was interpreting it in my head while I was watching it, was that he was, like, he was some kind of, like, party animal, and like, you know, he just wanted to, like, uh, go out, play music, you know, uh, mess around, basically be, like, a pop star. In a way. And so, you know, I thought the story was basically going to be like uh, Miguel and Hector uh, chasing him around the the land of the dead, you know, going to bars, going to uh, talent shows, you know, uh, having to like perform and stuff, you know, uh, like going around the whole land of the dead and eventually catching up with him at some point. But, uh, you know, I thought the idea of like, just like, you know, the, you know, this talent contest that, you know, allows him to go up, you know, in a couple of hours to go to his party, I thought was a bit, I don't know. I, I, thought-
1: I, I think that maybe um in some ways, with the exception of the one scene in which um the the, um, the band that eventually does win and Hecht, um and, and Miguel actually um joins up with them to sneak on to the party and the family actually looking for um you know Miguel so they can be able to send him back to the world of the living. Um uh other th- and and of course that song was you know it was fun other than that I don't think that the scene was really necessary
0: No it felt like it was just stretching time if anything I think yeah. they could have I think they could have like uh, done more with the uh, the land of the the world of the dead I felt more than just basically kind of like condensing it into this kind of like talent show uh that uh, you know I I just felt like uh, you know it just it, it felt it felt a bit on some of that in a way it was kind of unnecessary because you know they could have befriended the band and then they could have, like, uh, you know, had some kind of like musical thing together, and then they could have, like, won friendship over that, and then they could have snuck them into the uh, into the party, rather than basically yeah, going through no, all that the time. Yeah, would have
1: been t- a lot more quicker, and it would have uh, still made sense for the plot.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, uh, although it turns out that Hector is actually no longer on speaking terms with Ernesto, uh, Miguel manages to get into the uh, singer's lavish party with his help. Uh, Miguel introduces himself uh, to uh, Ernesto, who cheerfully welcomes him as his great-great-grandson. And so uh, I thought this was kind of like a very warm kind of thing because he uh, he ends up having to get his attention by basically performing again, and then uh, so then he like walk he's like you know everyone's like on- attention is all on him, and uh, then uh, he falls into the pool obviously, and then uh, he he re- he gets him out, and then the whole secret's out after that because the whole you know. Uh, makeup is now washed away, and uh, he's uh, everyone sees that he's like the living boy, and uh, it's like funny how Ernesto basically thinks he's like the the coolest thing ever that he's like got, like his real life grandson, and like, and then they just have like this big massive party, and everyone just stops caring. So yeah, pretty just, much know,
1: exactly. You know. And he's just really shocked at first. He's like, "Wait, I have a great great grandson!" And then he just immediately goes with it. It's like, "Hey, everybody, I have a great great grandson!" And then he introduces um, Miguel to everybody and everybody's cheering and celebrating and Miguel's having the time of his life. And then, um, as time goes on, um, you know, some, uh, he actually asks Ernesto if he can give him his blessing that way, uh, he can be able to return to the world of the living and he can be able to, uh, continue playing music. And so at, at, you know, at first he was going to do it, but then um you know, lo and behold, we have some more uh drama and some more uh tension coming in
0: mm-hmm. and so uh, and then we get to the uh, actually, uh just uh sorry I lost my place there so um although so then it turns out that um um I't remember when, when it was when hector comes in so uh, uh during the conversation, Miguel points out that uh, the detail that prompts Hector to realize that his death. This entire time was not accidental. And that's in a scene where one of the Ernesto's movies, uh, Miguel figured out that uh, Ernesto and Hector used to be partners in the music industry, but Hector uh, wanted to go back to his family, so Ernesto poisoned him with tequila. (music) So uh, after Hector's death, uh, Ernesto used his song and his guitar to become famous, uh, taking Hector's uh, portraits, uh, Ernesto it's a detained and Miguel in the Sentinel pit. So basically, it was a it was a really interesting twist, you know, uh, to, to say you know to say this because I really thought you know we were riding this wave of like uh, you know uh Ernesto being uh, uh, Miguel's great uh, great grandfather, and then it turns out that uh, that's not actually the case at all. So uh, No, it's
1: not. And not only that, but the whole shtick about Ernesto de la Cruz being the world's greatest singer, it turned out to be a lie as well. He never wrote any of the songs. He stole it from Hector, and he basically just took all of his glory.
0: Yeah, I, I really thought, I mean, in my mind when that was all coming out, I really thought it was going to be like, uh, you know, this entire time... Uh, uh, you know, uh, Ernesto was a fraud, and that uh, you know that's uh, who Miguel was, uh, and apparently what uh, um, you know his family was saying about him was was right, and that uh, you know yeah he was uh, you know he got massively famous but didn't get famous honestly, and uh, you know so I thought that was gonna play up in some way, but uh, yeah it was a uh, really interesting to go in that direction like uh, that uh, this entire time uh, it was actually Hector who's uh, you know the great great grandfather of uh, Miguel. And uh, and then so they've been they've been playing this along for this time and uh, yeah it was a really it was it was a really really good twist. There's and he caught me by surprise because uh, yeah
1: it- and also caught me by surprise when Hector uh, revealed about why he wanted to go back to the world of the living in the first place was because um his daughter the person who you know still remembers him is Coco who is Miguel's great-great grandmother and so then we come to the conclusion that Hector and Miguel are uh related mm. and so then they decided that they were going to try to work together so they can be able to sabotage um uh, not sabotage, They were going to grab um, Hector's uh, photograph from Ernesto's pocket, that, at which he hid in a uh, while at the same time, we have this huge concert that's being played uh, where everybody is watching, everybody's cheering for Ernesto. And so that's when we have um, Imelda and the rest of the family, as well as Miguel and Hector joining together so they can be able to grab the photo. But at the same time, we have this hilarious antic with... Um, You know, Imelda first going on stage and then she starts singing and then um, Ernesto comes in and they have this duet and they start dancing Mm -hmm. while they were trying to grab the picture. And then the security guards come by and they're trying to chase after them. And so uh, then we have this climactic scene in which they're being cornered and um, then uh, Ernesto is like yelling towards hector and confessing everything but not knowing that the camera is recording everything and the
0: entire concert seeing it do you think that was do you feel i don't know when i was watching that i was like you know i i felt like i'd seen that already before in monsters inc if you think about it because uh, that's how uh, if you remember that's how uh, waternoose was uh, was exposed uh, to the cda that he was recorded in like you know in the training room uh, basically saying oh i'll uh, you know, uh, I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. So I don't know that 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 bit where uh, it did feel like it was done before, in a way. Uh, sure, yeah. sure.
1: I mean, it is to be expected, I guess, because it is Pixar after all.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think. Uh, I
1: mean, it's the same way in which we were able to, in the beginning of the movie, we actually saw the pizza planet truck driving by.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's... Uh, so it was uh, that, that's how he was exposed, and uh, then he was crushed by another bell, which uh, was. Uh, um i think I, I didn't see actually see coming to be honest with you so uh, that was uh that was an, that was an interesting thing to throw in and uh then it goes uh but after the hilarious moments it goes right back to the drama and that so, you know they haven't got the picture uh the Hector's uh you know uh, fading away uh time's running out for miguel and uh they eventually have to uh give him give him the blessing and uh they pretty much give him a blank check pretty much and say oh you can go back and do whatever you want and so uh then uh, And then he goes back, and uh, Miguel is horrified because uh, Hector could possibly, uh, you know, will, will disappear unless he does something. So uh, then he comes up with the idea, and uh, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe I might have missed something, but uh, he comes up with the idea of, like, you know, taking the guitar, going off to try and find Coco, and uh, then uh, playing the guitar for Coco. And uh, you know, Coco at this stage, you know, she, she's old, she's frail, she's losing her memories and uh she's uh yeah, she, and you know actually this is actually uh, based. what happens next i think it actually is based on scientific research and that is that uh, you know uh, you know if there's uh, been talk about uh you know music like uh trying to uh, recall memories from like uh, people with like dementia and stuff and uh so yeah. i think uh what they did here actually was uh was scientifically and emotionally sound <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if enough, in I did hear
1: about that, that if you play a song that's familiar to people who have dementia or Alzheimer's, or if uh, you show pictures, or if you show a movie based off of memories, and they slowly do remember it. So yeah, I think that it's, yeah, I think that's accurate.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, Miguel plays the uh, guitar and obviously everyone's trying to wrestle it off him and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to stop him. But, uh, then I think uh, his parents, I think, step in and say that, you know, let him play. And then he starts to play and he plays this really emotional rendition of Remember Me. And, uh, which I thought was a really touching song and, uh, yeah, at the beginning then when, uh, when Coco started to join in and started to remember, you know, uh, oh, I bet I-, I really wanted to turn around and see how many people were crying i really want to i I, couldn't I can assure be- you
1: that some people were crying i oh. think i even saw like the mom with the kids i think she was starting to tear up
0: oh man that oh, was a uh, that was like uh, that's up there with uh with um you know when uh oh what's uh, you know with inside out when uh uh what's her name uh riley, riley. Uh, yeah uh starts tearing up about how she misses uh Mrs. Minnesota, and uh, I think that was definitely up there as a very touching moment. And then uh, she pulls out of the drawer the uh, other part of the ripped-up picture, which uh, this entire time happened to be Hector. So, uh, and uh, then puts it back together and puts it on the um, uh, on the on the ofrenda. So, uh, and then basically saving uh, Hector from disappearing into the uh, into the into into dust, basically. So it's yeah. Uh, well, wow, and also on top of that, you get you see it's one year later, and uh, Coco has passed away, and uh, then they're all like reunited, which is also a really a really fun moment as well. And uh, I tell you, Miguel looks really, really, really adorable in like his little like little outfit and everything. So playing and strumming with the guitar, and uh, you know, I think that, that it just it is ended like on the most happiest note you could possibly end it on and uh, which is pretty much part of the course i guess for pixar films but uh, yeah i'll re- i'll remember this ending for a very long time because you know it was so musical so so beautiful to watch and uh, yeah it was uh, it was great and oh yeah uh, it
1: was fantastic absolutely
0: yeah to say the least i mean if if we you know, it's like, I can barely put into words how amazing this film actually was. And uh, I do like, you know, I really hope that Pixar keeps going in his direction of, like, you know, uh, going to different cultures and going into different traditions and uh, b- building stories around them. And because, you know, Pixar is always good at doing that. And, uh, you know, I'd rather see them do this than basically, put, you know, uh, keep on churning out, you know, uh, uh, you know, endless uh, Cars sequels so uh,
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah. I I think that for a long time they were just focusing on sequels or ideas that didn't really work but yeah I I say that Uh, Coco is definitely one of the best Pixar movies in a very long time absolutely if um if you're interested in checking it out then please do so it's it's amazing it's heartwarming it's humorous it's musical it's colorful yeah I I think a lot of people are gonna love it
0: yeah I think I definitely give it I I definitely give it uh should we give scores out shall we because I always give scores out of 10 uh sure sure why not i tell you what, I will, uh, I mean, again, there are some bits in it which, uh, you know, kind of feel like the, the, it's just basically stretching time, but, uh, i tell you what, that time did feel very, uh, rewarding, even if it was feeling a little bit stretched, and so I would definitely say give this a nine.
1: Yeah, okay. me too, I'll give it a nine as well.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so definitely go check it out, and, uh, hopefully we haven't spoiled you, Well, actually, we've talked out the entire movie, so we have spoiled you on it, but, hey, go see it anyway! It's like, you know, if you, <laughs> yeah, we definitely recommend it, so, uh, hey, we start on a very good note, so, uh, um, so anyway, that brings us to the end of our first, uh, episode of Pix-Mix. And, uh, so I think it's been rather fun. And, uh, oh,
1: absolutely. I had a great time.
0: Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll let you know what our next, uh, Pix-Mix is going to be in the next episode. And so, uh, from me, Aaron Meta And Patricia. Take care. And bye-bye for now.